You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. sing praises to God, it's an honor. Realize it's a privilege. It's a privilege that we can call him Father. It's a privilege that we can come to him and go, Abba, Father, he has given us that privilege. Realize that? It's a special responsibility to praise him. It's a special responsibility to declare his works. It's a special responsibility that we have The good things God has done for His people can never be listed. There's just too many blessings to count. And today, Pastor Dave will describe the beautiful privilege and responsibility God's people have to thank Him for His goodness. Tell everyone about what God has done. There's always something to praise Him for. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 16 as he continues his message, A Heart of Worship, David's Song. If you're seeking the Lord, it says the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you're seeking him with all your heart, being thankful in all things, there's a reward at the end. I don't know what it is, but you'll probably hear from him. And then David reminds them who they are. He reminds them who they are in verse 13. O seed of Israel, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. You know, and ever since we've seen the chosen, I love that word chosen ones because it has for me a new meaning. It has a new meaning here. He chose Israel. He chose the nation Israel. You know the story. People say, well, why did he? Because he's God and he can. But he also chose us. He also chose us. Jesus speaking to the disciples says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I love that verse. And Paul, writing to the Ephesians in chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and he said, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. He chose us before the foundations of the world. I love that scripture. I just love it. So here David begins this rip-roaring psalm with these wonderful words. We could dwell on this for the next millennium. I mean, we could dwell on these words of David where they're so beautiful and so glorious. They're just incredible. But we won't. We'll move on. So, (laughs) and we get to 14 and 19, 14 through 19. Here David wants the children of Israel to remember the Lord's covenant with Israel. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. Remember his covenant forever. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute 
to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as an allotment to your inheritance, for you are few in number, indeed, very few, and strangers in it. David wants the children of Israel to know that God has made a covenant with them. A covenant is a sacred pact. It's an oath. It's a pact. The two parties pledged to do something. God made a covenant with Abraham. But the neat thing about it was, Abraham didn't do anything. He told Abraham to get all these animals and cut them in half and put them on the side here and to light all this incense and stuff. And Abraham went into a deep sleep and God carried Abraham through the covenant. They were supposed to walk through together as a sign of the covenant. What does that tell you? God's going to keep the covenant. God will keep his covenant because it's his covenant. He made a covenant with Abraham regarding the land and a nation and a messianic blessing. He made a covenant with Israel as a nation regarding the law and sacrifice. He made a covenant with David regarding a specific lineage of the Messiah. And thanks be to God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, he has made a covenant with you and me by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's made an everlasting covenant with you and me. We celebrate that every single first Sunday of the month when we read the words, this is the blood of the New covenant. This is the blood of the new covenant. The old covenant didn't work. Why is there a new? Because the old one didn't work. So there's a new covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the new covenant that we have. Thanks be to God for that covenant. It's an everlasting covenant. Everlasting covenant. Because another has not taken its place. In verses 20 and 22, David reminds the people of God's great protection. God, we are defended. He is our defender. He is our strong tower where we can run into it and we have shelter. He is our protector. Look what it says. When they went out from one nation to another and from one kingdom to another, he permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do not harm my prophets. God is a protector. He is our protectorate. He takes care of us. If God be for us, who can be against us? What a beautiful scripture. God took the Israelites out of Egypt and from under the hand of Pharaoh, and he protected them all along the way. He put a fire at night to keep them warm. He put a cloud over their heads during the desert so they wouldn't be, wouldn't be scorched by the sun. And everywhere the cloud moved, they would move also. You read the scriptures, their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. He gave them manna from heaven. And when they squawked about manna from heaven, he gave them quail. He gave them meat in abundance. God protected his children. God will always protect his children. Remember, we've been studying 1 John. You are children of God. We are God's children by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We have been adopted into him. We are his children. When the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and kings came against them, God got rid of them. God rebuked them. God held on to his chosen. And we can praise the Lord for his protection from our enemy, the devil. God protects us from the devil. The Lord goes before us. Why? Because he defeated him on a cross. The devil has already been defeated. He's a defeated foe. And God is with us during times of trouble. God is our shield and our buckler and our guide. Wonderful words, David. Wonderful words. Verses 23 through 30. Sing to the Lord all the earth. 
Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders all among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of you peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of a holiness. Tremble before him, all earth. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. Why? Because right now he's holding on to it. Look at these words that David's saying. The people of God's covenant have been given now a special responsibility to praise God. Do you realize when we sing praises to God, it's an honor? You realize it's a privilege? It's a privilege that we can call him Father. It's a privilege that we can come to him and go, Abba, Father, he has given us that privilege. You realize that? It's a special responsibility to praise him. It's a special responsibility to declare his works. It's a special responsibility that we have. All the earth should proclaim his works, for he is our creator. And he's the good news of salvation. You know what? If we don't brag about anything, we should brag that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. You've heard us say it before. All this is salvation too. We have so much that God has given us. All this wonderful, beautiful things. And it's his salvation, not mine. I have nothing to do with it. I accepted Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. He died for me. David was back and he addresses the people. He says, implores them to tell everyone about the greatness of God. I'm imploring you today. Tell everybody about what God has done to you, for you, through Jesus Christ. Tell everybody. Tell everybody you see. Make them so tired of hearing about God, they'll want to accept Jesus and get it over with. Be a pain. Be annoyance. Yeah, tell them like it is. We should have this desire to tell everybody about Jesus. We should have this desire in us simply because of what God has done in us. What God has done in us, we should better tell people. It's truly praiseworthy. He is superior, a simple, very good. All the idols of people are nothing. These gods are just nothing. You know what the scripture says? They have hands, but they don't touch. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have a mouth, but they don't speak. Our God hears. He sees. He speaks. He touches. Our God is alive. Our God is wonderful and, and, and an everlasting God. The covenant of God of Israel is real, and he, and he is the creator of all things. Look at the other nations. They pale short compared to our God. Look at the other gods. They pale short to our God. Every other God that has come in has gone and is buried. Except Jesus Christ. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. And in that, we can greatly rejoice. He says, give to God. What am I going to give him? Give him your glory and your strength. Give him your praise. Give him your worship. Give him everything you are. Give him your heart. Give them your heart. Give them those things. That's what we're talking about here. This is not a sense of actually giving something to them, although it's not bad to dedicate something to the Lord. It's not bad to give up something. Look at Hannah. Hannah wanted a male child. 
And she cried and cried and cried. She wanted a male child. She was barren. And she said, Lord, if you give me a male child, I'll dedicate him to you. And little Samuel was born. And she took this little boy after he was weaned and took him up and gave him to Eli and his two sons who were wicked, wicked priests. But because she told God she would, she put them in their care. Because she made a vow to God and she gave back something to God. Something so dear to her heart. Give back to God everything you are. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable. Only, solely, nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way I'm acceptable is when I'm washed in his blood. Other than that, I'm not acceptable at all. Worship the Lord in his beauty, in his holiness, God's holiness, his set-apartness. The wonderful and distinct beauty about it. The beautiful that God is God. He's more than the greater man. He's greater than Superman. And he's bigger than the boogeyman. Don't you remember that Veggie Tales? God is greater than the boogeyman. I know. I digress. He is holy and love and grace. He is justice and majesty and beautiful and mercy. Verse 31 through 33. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. I just like that verse. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Let them say among us, the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field rejoice in all that is in it. That the trees of the woods shall rejoice before the Lord for the coming of judge of the earth. I want to see the trees rejoice. I want to see it. I want to see the trees rejoice. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the trees rejoicing at the coming of the Lord. I can't wait to see this. I love it. I got, my imagination is going wild, so that's okay. I love it. I love it. David knew that creation itself praised God. He knew that the beauty and the power and all the skill and majesty of creation was in itself a testimony of God. You go out on a clear lit night and you look up and you see all the stars of the sky. You see the moon and all its grandeur and its different phases and all the things. How can you not think there's a creator? You go to the beach and you stand there and you see this vast ocean and you see these beautiful things. How can you not think there's a creator. You see the Grand Canyon. You see all these beautiful natural things. Not man-made things. Natural things that God has made. How can you not think there's a God? How can you not th- and then how can you not give him glory and praise for his work? The earth is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. It's groaning for God. Let them say among the nation, Israel had the word God tell them and he reigns and he's coming in judgment. Tell them that. And the nations had the testimony of creation. The Lord reigns. I love this. He reigns over all things, not just us. He reigns over everything. He reigns over his creation. Consider the lilies of the field. Consider the birds of the air. How he takes care of them. How he nurtures them. God is a God of order. He's a God of wisdom. He's a God of power. He's a God of logic. And he reigns. And one day he will judge the earth. One day he will judge. He will come down and he will bring order to this madness. He will bring order to this chaotic situation here on earth. He will bring order to it. And David concludes this song of praise. He, he concludes it in verses 34 through 30, 35. He concludes it. He once again reminds the people that everything and everyone should praise the Lord. Let every breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath 
Verse 34, oh, give thanks to the Lord. He says that again, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad his mercy endures forever. I'm so glad his mercy endures forever. Every day, every minute, don't we, Darlene? Absolutely. And say, save us, O God, of our salvation. Save us, O God. What a great prayer. Save us, O Lord. Save our land. Save our country. Save our nation. Save us, O God. Please, save us. What a great prayer to be praying. We cry out to you. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles. Now, they didn't want to be around the Gentiles because the Gentiles were coming against them at this time. Even though, even though, Scripture tells us that they were supposed to shine the love of God to the Gentiles that the Gentiles might accept. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. Give thanks to your holy name. Oh, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Triumph in your praise. Can you see that, man? I love it. I love it. Have confidence in God. David is showing great confidence in God that he is going to accomplish everything that is his will for your life. God will accomplish it. You can bank on it. You can take care of it. You can bank on it. In verse 36, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. I love it when we bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise your holy name. Blessing him. Blessing him. And all the people said, Amen, as they praised the Lord. Amen literally means so be it. It means so be it. They were in agreement. Amen carries the meaning of an expression of strong agreement. But it also can be an expression of strong faith. You're agreeing with the prayer that was made in faith, and you're agreeing with that in strong faith. Not only in agreement, but you're establishing your heart to what is being spoken. That's why it's wonderful around when we have corporate prayer. We have corporate prayer. In so many prayers, you'll hear people say, amen. It's good. It means so be it. And your heart is establishing that in, in faith. I love it. But this is not a one-time event, folks. This was not going to be a one-time event. And if we read verses 40, 37 through 43, we'll finish the chapter. Can butcher some more names here. So he left Asaph and his brothers before the ark of the covenant of the Lord to minister before the ark regularly as every day's work required. And Obed-Edom with his 68 brethren, boy, that's a family, included Obed-Edom, the son of Jethudim, and Hosa, the gate, were to be gatekeepers. And Zadok the priest and his brethren the priest before the tabernacle of the Lord at the high place that was in Gibeon. Remember, I said the original tabernacle was still in Gibeon. That's where it was. So he appointed people to take care of that tabernacle, although the ark was not, no longer there. They were to offer burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of burnt offering regularly morning and evening and do according to all that is written in the law of the Lord, which he commanded Israel. He's talking about the two guys who were stationed at the real tabernacle in Gibeon. They still offered their sacrifices morning and evening at the tabernacle because that's where it was supposed to be. And with them, Heman and Jidatham and the rest who were chosen, who were designated by name to give thanks to the Lord because his mercy endures forever. And with them, Henan and Jethudatham, the sound allowed with trumpets and cymbals and the musical instruments of God. 
Now the sons of Jethunim were gatekeepers. And then all the people departed, every man to his house, and David returned to bless his own house. Wow. It wasn't a one-time event. David wanted worship to be regular. He wanted the worship to be regular on a basis. You know, it's good to worship the Lord every day. It's good to walk in a spirit of worship. We're to worship him in spirit and truth. To worship him in spirit means that you're concerned with the spiritual realities of your life. Not so much with places and outward sacrifices or cleansings and trappings, but your spiritual life, what's happening in a man, and giving thanks for that, giving thanks for being born again. To worship in truth means you worship according to the whole counsel of God's word. That's why at Calvary Chapel we teach the whole counsel of God's word. So you can worship according to the counsel of God's word, especially in New Testament revelation. It also means you come to God in truth. We don't come to God hiding things. We come to God and we present ourselves to him. Lord, here I am. Search my heart. I've done some pretty bad things and I confess them to you. We don't come in pretense. We don't come trying to display spiritually. Yeah, we don't, we don't try to pretend. I mean, after all, we're talking to God. Like he doesn't know? Like we're going to fool him? So you need to come to him at real. You need to come to him real. And, and where do we find God? Where do we find God? He's found wherever you are. That's where God is. He is wherever you are. He surrounds you. He's not localized, nor can you localize him. He's not in a box. He's certainly not in the religious box. So often we make an effort of localizing God. And we like to think, well, we gather here today in the presence of God in a sanctuary. Well, that's true. Wherever two or more gather, he appears in his midst. But yet in another sense, he doesn't dwell here in the sanctuary. He's with you in your car, listening to the radio stations that you're listening to. Listening to you scream at the guy that just passed you or that you're driving behind. It's going slow. He's in the car with you. He's right there. He's right there with you. You take him with you when you go online. You take him with you when you're on your computer. You take him with you when you're all alone. Every place you go, he's with you. We need to become aware of his all-prevailing presence. We need to become aware of him. And this is what this psalm does. Make us aware of him and who he is. God dwells in our heart. He dwells right here. Yes, Christ in us, the hope of glory. He lives in every single child of God, and you're a child of God. Christ is in you. He lives in you through his Holy Spirit. He surrounds us. We live with him, and we move. The scripture says, in him we move and have our being. He's everything to us. Everything to us. He is everything to us. And oh, Why shouldn't we praise him? When you think about it, you want to worship him. When you think about it, you've got to worship him because man was designed to worship something. Usually we worship ourselves. Usually it's us who is, we're worshiping, but God says, worship me in spirit and truth, and we worship him. It's a spiritual worship. We walk in that. We walk in his love daily. Oh, brothers and sisters, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to ever be thankful for. We should always be thankful for him. We should always be thankful to him. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You want to do God's will? Give thanks in everything. Be thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude constantly in your heart, no matter what's going on in your life. He is with you in the midst of the storm. He is with you right there. He has never leave or forsake you. He will not get out of the boat. You're in the boat with him, and the boat rocks. He's there. He's there. Always remember that. When you get out of the car, don't leave him in the car. Bring him with you. You are a sure
You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. And in today's message, Pastor Dave is in the book of First Chronicles. In this book, we witness the kingship of David. What was it that made David such a great king over Israel? No doubt he was a mighty warrior, full of faith and courage. But that's not what made him so great. His greatness came to him because he followed God. When a choice was before him, he went first and asked the Lord what to do. When you face choices in life, what is it that you do first? It might be tempting to first look at finances or talk to a friend. But if you want to be great like King David, seeking God and his wisdom is the first thing to do. As we progress through the story, we'll see times that God sends David into war and others where he directs him to avoid war. We can only know God's direction by seeking his face. Here at Assure Hope, we'd love to do that with you. Are you facing a difficult choice? We'd love to seek God's face in prayer with you. You can email us your requests at info at capewatchradio.com. Once again, that's info at capewatchradio.com. Or you can call us at 609-884-5821. That phone number, again, 609-884-5821. Well, we've come to the end of our time together for today. We'll be back, though, and we hope to see you again here on Assure Hope.